I'm Tavis Smiley, and uh, I haven't returned because I ain't been nowhere. I'm not a Mac, but I do love that track. Uh, and uh, I love the fact that you are hanging out with us in this uh, third and final hour today. And I've been looking forward to this hour. It's been a great show already, two amazing hours. Um, but uh, now I am delighted to welcome comedian Donnell Rawlings to this program to talk about his stand-up special, A New Day for Netflix. It debuts uh, tomorrow. February 27th, uh, again, on Netflix, produced by his longtime friend, some guy named Dave Chappelle. So, uh, Donnell, first of all, congratulations, man. A delight to have you on this program for the hour. How are you, my friend? Birds flying high, you know how I feel. Breeze drifting on by, you know how I feel. It's a new dawn. It's a new day. It's a new life for me, yes. New dawn, it's a new day, new life for me. <laughs> That's my part. <laughs> I, I, I love, I love that, I love that, I, I love that Luther part. That's that Luther part. I love that Luther part at the end. Yeah, but see, you 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 know old enough to respect that. Yeah. I did a <laughs> other day around one of them young chicks. They gave me an asthma pump. They said, "Oh, you all right?" I said, "I said, I said." They said, "Oh my God, cardiac arrest." They called the ambulance. Call the ambulance. It was in D.C., so they had to call an ambulance. Ambulance. Yeah. They call the ambulance. He gone. He gone. He gone. Call the ambulance. <laughs> Because you know what, yeah. they can't wait for you to die. They can't wait for you to die so they can post a picture and say, oh, man, this one really hurt right here. God, why they keep taking the good one? You ain't give a hell about me. Now you put prayer hands up on my page. Beat it, man. Beat it. It's a new day. Ooh. I keep telling these people it's a new day. I, 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 there, there are two or three thoughts that popped in my head, Donnell, as you were saying that. Uh -huh. you, you will recall when they thought that the GOAT when they thought the goat Richard Pryor was dead, right, and and the Negro survived, and he finally went back to his house and had to go get all his stuff back because them Negroes had taken. And God ain't done with me yet, man. I got one more dance for the devil. Woo. I got one more dance for the devil. So Pryor yeah. had, Pryor had to go get all his stuff back. So I, I take your point about uh, them just waiting for you to die, so they can they can they can po <laughs> post and then go get your stuff. Man, yeah. They can't wait to get your stuff. They and then they drag it. They send a picture, and then when that don't get no like, then they be like, "Here go the text message. I got the receipt. We were supposed to meet at Chick Fil A, but it was Sunday, and he never showed up because he knew it was closed. And that's when they got him. Oh, why God keep taking the good one? Please, God, not this one, God. Stop taking the good one, God. Uh, they they run out of hurry. They be like this one. This one hurt. The last one hurt, but this hurt more than the other one. But that one hurt. But all of them hurt. I'm still stuck. Oh my god! I'm still stuck on Chick Fil A. He was supposed to meet Chick Fil A, but he knew it was Sunday. <laughs> he knew it was Sunday. He said, "Lord, that was that for God. That was that for <laughs> You got you got me you got me sweating in this. I'm sweating and laughing already, man. I'm, I'm literally running water down my face, man. Um, because hey, that's what it's, that's what it's supposed to be, man. Let me tell you something, man. I know there's been a lot of bullcrap going around with comedy, right? Yeah. And including myself, I got into something that's unfortunate. Including myself, I'm guilty of it. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, man, all I want to do is make people laugh, man. I had a good talk with my good friend Dave Chappelle last week, mm -hmm. and he said, Donnie, I think your special is going to be a breath of 
fresh air. It's such a dark cloud over comedy right now. Yeah. And that's what comedy is supposed to be. It's supposed to, no matter, comedy is subjective yeah. to whatever style you like, whatever. But the thing I'm most proud about this special, that it feels special. It feels like it was deserving. It feels like it's the right time. Some people might think it's overdue. Yeah. But it just feels good, man. The evolution of me from the deaf comedy j- days up to now, it just, I'm so happy about this work. Yeah, no, really I, it's its amazing work. I've, I, I've had a chance, to, uh, thanks to, to Netflix, they, they sent it to me, uh, a, a little private screener, uh, and I laughed, uh-huh. my, I laughed my behind off watching the thing, so I, I can assure the audience uh, that they will not be disappointed when they check this one out. Just getting started, I'm glad I've gotten for the hour. A lot to talk about uh, with uh, comedian uh, extraordinaire Donnell Rawlings. You heard him say a moment ago, that there is this sort of dark cloud over comedy right now. He and Dave were talking about it. Dave Chappelle were talking about it a couple of days ago. I want to uh, I want to interrogate that. I want to get all up in he and Dave's conversation uh, about this dark cloud over comedy and what he makes of that. Number one, we of course we'll talk about his new special, A New Day, uh, premiering tomorrow, the twenty seventh of February on Netflix. And I want I want to just probe also this notion of a new day. If you know Donnell, and if you're a Donnell fan as I am, and millions of others are, then you know that's his thing. That new day thing is his thing. And I'm curious as to how that became his thing. Uh, I mentioned earlier that Dave um, uh, is producing a number, uh, four in fact, of these uh, comedy specials. And I've been fortunate uh, to have everybody on so far who he's produced. Uh, Earthquake has been on this program, produced by Dave Chappelle on Netflix. Lunell has been on this uh, uh, program, produced uh, for Netflix uh, by Dave Chappelle. And now Donnell Rawlings. It's going to be a great hour. We're going to get our laugh on when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. You're listening to Tavis Smiley, Tavis, Tavis Smiley, ranked number 45 on the heavy hundred list of the 100 most important radio talk show hosts in America. Who you trust to get at the truth? Tavis Smiley. That's who. The conversation continues right now. It does indeed, and I am thrilled to have Donnell Rawlings, uh, amazing comedian as I guess for the hour. Uh, and uh, tomorrow night on Netflix, uh, they are premiering. Um, his new stand-up special is called A New Day, produced by his longtime friend Dave Chappelle. And uh, I'm just celebrating, Donnell. Um, you, you mentioned a moment ago, and again, I, I had this same kind of conversation with uh, Earthquake, same kind of conversation with Lunell and others who find themselves having done what they've done and what they do so well. They've done it for so long. And then all of a sudden, this sort of, you know, this is my my quote, not yours, my phrase, not yours. This big break uh, kind of happens. People know you and love you, of course, from your work with Dave Chappelle on his show. Chappelle Show, Chappelle Show, Chappelle Show. So, <laughs> so we, 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 we know you from that. But does this feel like a break of sorts for you? You tell me. I don't know. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Reason, this is that's a very, very, very good question. And I will say this. I'm fifty six years old. I'm at the age I don't lie anymore. I tell the truth, right? Yeah. And I was telling myself saying to myself the other day, I was like, yo, I'm at, at fifty six year old, at fifty six years of age, I feel like I'm about to blow up. And I'm not and that's coming from a pretty successful career. I position myself right now where at the minimum I get out of this is a good uh uh living mm-hmm. and I do get I get to do something I love. So I already I already felt that I made it on that but just for 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 some reason i've had different projects all over the place i've been part of some dope projects mm-hmm. but i think this is the platform that everybody get to see me at one time yeah. you know just like when i was doing Chappelle's show before that i was doing other stuff but that was the one platform that everybody had their eyeballs on and, and, it, and, it, and it made a difference but after 30 i've been doing it 30 plus years 
and when I say this, anybody that's ever seen me perform, they can contest this. I never, I never fold it in. I go hard the same way I did the first time I touched the mic back at the Comedy Connection Greenbelt in D.C. to working a ghetto spot in Brooklyn to doing arenas with Dave, hearing 25,000 people going crazy when they say, you fell in love with him as Ashley Larry in the Chappelle show. <laughs> but I still, I still have a youthful energy about it. I still want to fight. And not in a physical way, but in a way on, on stage. I still want to be pound for pound, one of the best per- people to do it, and will compete with anybody. It don't matter who you put on the list. Yeah. I'm not being a braggart or anything, but I work with some of the top, top comics in the world. And I hold my own on stage with them. And although people come to see certain people, they I, I left my impact, and you want to see me the next time. Yep. Um, since you went there, let, let me follow you. Um, when you look back now on Chappelle's show, um, I don't want to color this yeah. question any more than this, Donnell. When you look back on your time with Dave on Chappelle's show, you think what? I think that it was a, 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 the most incredible vehicle for people to see my God-given talent. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, you know, you can't take away from the fact that I was already good, but sometimes certain doors don't open. Sometimes certain platforms are not available to you. Sometimes you're not in the right position for people to see what you've been doing. There's a lot of talented people out here that they don't get the exposure for whatever reason. It could have been people subscribing to the theory that Hollywood is evil and you got to do something crazy to make it. You could, you could do all that, but everybody don't get a shot. Mm-hmm. Everybody don't get a shot. And I've maintained, I get my own shots year by year. You might not see, for 10 years ago, you didn't see me on Chappelle show or anything like that, but you saw me in the clubs. Mm-hmm. When you didn't see me in the club, you see me pop up on BET's 20s. When when that faded, you saw all of a sudden, where's this guy? Then I pop up on BMF. You know, my voice, lending my voice to Pixar's soul. Mm-hmm. It's always going to be, it's always going to be something. But the one thing, the toughest thing to do in this business especially when you have the career as long as I, I've, I've had it, is to stay passionate about it. Mm. And you could tell the ones that just phoning in there. You could tell the ones, oh, they got a check, but what? They didn't give it. Yeah. They didn't leave everything up there. They didn't make me feel good. So so, so at, at, at this point in the game, or put another way, for all the years you've remained in the game and kept your passion, because I agree with you. I couldn't agree more, Donnell. I don't care who you are or what you do. If you are not passionate about what you do, stop and do something else. I don't care who you are. Do if you're not else. passionate quit. about it, exactly, just quit. Do something else if you're not passionate about it. So how uh, have you stayed passionate? What What's driven your passion all these years? What's driving it now? I, I tell you, Wanting to be the best yeah, is one thing. Right. Wanting to be the best. I never wanted to be famous. I never wanted to be rich off of this shit. Oh, excuse me. I'm sorry. I know you got to choke, but I apologize. It won't happen again. <laughs> only thing I wanted to do, only thing I wanted to do was be good. And I thought good would equate to every other thing I wanted out of this. Mm-hmm. And another reason, it's like you know, even though it's like a dark cloud over comedy, it man it is no for what I do for a living. There's no better feeling when I'm. At the show, after the show, I do a meet and greet, and somebody comes up to me, and they say, um, I, I lost my aunt early this week. Everybody wanted me to go out to cheer up. I didn't want to go. Mm. I was resisting this, and then when I did, you took me away from that. When people come up to me and talk about I got diagnosed with whatever stage cancer a year ago, and they said the only thing that kept me going was laughing at just stuff, and they beat it. When I realized really what this does for people, mm. that's another thing. 
that makes me want to just keep sharing and giving and giving and giving. Yeah, yeah. You mentioned this dark cloud, and you mentioned that uh, you and Dave were t- talking about this days ago, so I'm not trying to, well, actually I am. I'm trying to get all up in your business with you and Dave talking <laughs> talking about the dark cloud. So so, so, give me a sense of, of the way that you and Dave see uh, this dark cloud hanging over comedy right about now, Donnell Rawlings. Well, I can't speak for Dave. I can't sure. speak for Dave. Sure, sure, right? sure. I can't, not of his opinion, but me. I just feel like it's unfortunate, and I feel like especially within our community, and this is very prevalent in our community. It's I don't care what nobody said. They can drag me or whatever. It's a very crab in a barrel mentality. Mm. Um, people don't want to support each other. They think it only could be one inward at a time. You know what I'm saying? We all can cheer. As long as you got Batman, you can have Robin. Mm-hmm. As long as you got heroes, you can have the super friends. And it's just it's just crab in a barrel attitude. And people, what happened? When I was talking to Dave, he's like, "Why do these people treat me like this and want to come at me?" I said, "Dave, you got to understand." Your success mirrors a lot of people's failures or them quitting. Mm. It shows what they're not doing. Mm-hmm. And that's the case with anything. If anybody envious and jealous and they don't really want to study it the way, like, you know what? I'm going to use this as a guide. I, I use this, what he does, I can use as a blueprint. But they don't want to do that. They rather sit back and hate and wonder why. And you wonder why. The answer is in your face. Mm. You know, Cal Williams did a three hour interview telling us how bad Hollywood is. Anybody in Hollywood knows how bad Hollywood is. You don't get into this business not hearing the horror stories. Mm-hmm. You know, and Lee Daniels said something to Monique, and everybody took it the wrong way. And he didn't say it in an arrogant way. We know it's a dirty, dirty business. And at the end of the day, either you want to play or you don't want to play. You don't have to do it. And if you don't want to play, that don't mean selling your soul. When I say play, understanding that somebody you might not really like here is the stepping stone of the bridge for your next person. When I say play, it don't mean put on a dress. It don't mean giving somebody fellatio for for a role. It means that <laughs> this business means that you have to have some tough skin. Yeah. All you're going to get is nose and nose and nose. And you got to figure a way out of it. And then if you have a problem with it, don't do it. Everybody in Hollywood is complaining about Hollywood. Guess what? Leave. Mm-hmm. Leave. Mm-hmm. I left. Mm-hmm. I left. I live in Yellow Springs, Ohio, bro. I left because I didn't like the energy there. It didn't feel good. And I left. But at the same time, we are living in a world now with social media and how everybody getting their bags now. You don't got to be in New York anymore. You don't got to be in Hollywood. You got people making themselves multimillionaires off of their phones and podcasts. So now you have options. Back in the day, you had to be in New York or L.A. or you wasn't going to make it. You yeah. was a, Anywhere else, you was a country boy. Yeah. Period. Yeah. You you said a few things now, Daniel. I'm glad I got an hour with you, man. I knew this, I knew this was going to be rich, and it's getting richer by the moment. Um, you said a few things I want to go back and pick up. <laughs> I was waiting on you that. Can't throw it. You can't give me an alley-oop. I was you waiting on that. Yeah. I was I was I, I said I'm gonna see how good he is. I'm, I'm gonna throw it to him see if he can see if he can put it down. Uh, I, I, I put it. I, I put it up there. And you went and got it. I love it. I love it. Uh, but there are a couple things you said. I want to. I want to pick up on right quick. Um, and this is just me talking. I I don't know how I feel about this as yet, but I've been thinking about this. So let me just say first of all that Cat Williams I regard as a friend. Monique I regard as a friend. They're both friends of mine. They've been very supportive of me, and I try to be supportive of them. Whenever I call them, they come on the show. We've hung out together, all kind of stuff. So I, I consider them friends. And yet I'm not sure how I feel about this club Shay Shay thing. Where everybody shows up and it just sounds like grievance to me. It just sounds like grievance. I'm not sure how I feel about it. Because on the one hand, here's my take on Donnell. On the one hand, it sounds like grievance. On the other hand, I accept the frame that Kat tried to put it in that this is the age of truth. 
This is 2024 oh. is the year of truth. So Kat goes on Club Shay Shay and tells his truth. Monique tells her truth. I don't know who else Shannon's got lined up, but I'm trying to figure out whether how I feel about this. Is it am, am I should I be annoyed by the grievance nature of it or should I celebrate the fact that people are telling their truth? You tell me. I think it's I think it's both. Okay. I really think it's both. But in in a, in a movie, good, uh, 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 I forget the movie. But here's the part: he said we want the truth, and it is this: you can't handle. Oh yeah, the truth. a few a few good men, a few good men, a few good men. Yeah, Tom Tom Cruise and Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Nicholson. Yep. Yeah. And the thing that's what it is: nobody really wants the truth. Now, yeah, you speak your truth, but what do you want from that? Right. You know what I'm saying? Like Monique has been speaking her truth for years, and then she and this is why I commend her. First of all, I commend Monique for making it in a very male-driven business. Right. To be a black woman, to get to the level she is, where she came from, we have to always praise her and give her flowers for that. She's an example for any little black girl out there, whoever's dealing with what, if they're dealing with issues with weight or uh, or personal identity or whatever, she's an example like, baby, I, I'm passionate with that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, um, and, and then you can, you can keep going. But now, my thing is like this. The thing is, everything you wanted, you fought for equality, you had an issue with Netflix, they gave you your money. You uh, had an issue with the Netflix, and, and they gave you money. They gave you your money, and they gave you the platform for you to do what everybody loves. But now my thing is like this. What are you a champion for? Are you a champion for this all the way across the board? Are you going to try to make uh, uh, make a difference with how people negotiate these contracts or whatever? But it can't just be like, I want this, I want this. But what you're going to do with what you get? Mm-hmm. And another thing, Monique, I love her. That's one of my sisters in the game. The unfortunate thing about it, is whatever her legacy be, I want still people to remember as her as one of the funniest women to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and even with these interviews and everything, there's a way you can get your point across, Tavis, and still have fun. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And still have fun and make people laugh. That's what, we, at the end of the day, that's what we're here for, to make people laugh. Yeah. Some of us are blessed enough to make you laugh and think, but at the end of the day, we're supposed to make you laugh. Mm-hmm. We want them endorphins in your brain to start start popping off. Yeah. You know, and the only thing about it, but here's the thing, this is what we, as a whole, what we, it's not just their, their situation, it's what we like. And we, as people, and the whole, respond to negativity, mm. respond to anger, respond to clap back, exposes. Mm. We respond to that. So that's what they just feeding people what they want. Yeah. And the thing somebody asked me, they said, Daniel, what's the difference between Dave and his grievances with the network and then um, Monique? So the biggest difference is that Dave had a calculated plan mm-hmm. for years. On how was he how he's gonna get him to fold. And he didn't go on every platform talking about it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you need a, a, a bigger bullhorn to hear what people got to say. And, I mean, Monique shook him up. But Dave, in, 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 in some similarity, he knew what he wanted. He knew what he was going to do. And what Dave did was he put the power in the people. Yeah, yeah. He, said, he put the power in the people. He said, listen, don't watch this show until I get my money. Mm-hmm. And they listened, and he got his money. And then after he got his money and they sell his grievances, he didn't say y'all could blah, blah, blah. He said, I want to thank Netflix. Mm-hmm. I want to thank Comedy Central. I want to thank these people. And at the end of the day, it's business. Yeah. I um, Here's what I want to do. I'm, watch, I'm watching my clock here, and I, it, it wouldn't be fair to ask you this question and give you 45 seconds to answer. So let me tell you where I want to go when we come forward, Donnell. And I want to get your take on it. Um, So 
I want to talk more about your special, as we will in a moment, A New Day. Again, premieres tomorrow, February 27th on Netflix, produced by his longtime friend Dave Chappelle. But since he's talking about Dave, I, I really want to ask Donnell directly, and it's always fascinating for me to hear comedians opine on other comedians. That, that's, that's, that's important for me. No, it's no different in my business or any business you're in. We all, you know, uh, are, are happy to talk about other folk in our lane. You can, you can ask me about other great journalists and other great people who are broadcasters, and I can tell you who I like and who I think is great and uh, who's overrated. Um, so it's okay. But, but I am curious as to what he makes of what Dave Chappelle has done. We talked about Pryor as the GOAT, but there's no question. There's no question about the fact that Dave Chappelle these days is the man. Whether you like him or loathe him, love him or hate him, Dave Chappelle is the man. You heard uh, Dino say a moment ago that you can get your point across and still make people laugh. Nobody does that quite like Dave Chappelle. So the rest of us, you know, love Dave, watch Dave and all that. But Donnell and Dave are friends and have been for a long time. I love to see my friends succeed. I'm rooting for everybody black, but I love to see my friends do their thing. I am curious as to what Donnell Rawlings thinks of what Dave Chappelle has been able to do with his career and then we'll talk about the special that his friend Dave Chappelle is producing for him a new day premiering tomorrow again on Netflix our guest is Donnell Rawlings and I'm glad about it you're listening to him on Tavis Smiley Seeking the truth, the truth. Speaking, Speaking the truth, the truth. This, this is the Tavis Smiley, Smiley Show Smart talk for curious people just like you, just like you. You're listening to Tavis Smiley. Smiley. Tavis Smiley and Donnell Rawlings. Uh, amazing, amazing, uh, funny guy. Uh, brilliant comedian who has a new Netflix special uh, that premieres tomorrow on the 27th of February. It's called A New Day, produced by his longtime friend Dave Chappelle. So, Donnell, before I get to Dave, um, A New Day, how, how, did that, how did that become your thing? Well, I was already, I always loved being Simone. And, you know, you go to different times of your life and you get music that you connect with. And for some reason, Misunderstood was resonating through my whole life and my career. Mm. And then I just started listening to more of her stuff. And a new day, it just resonated with me. Like, it's a new day, it's a new dawn, like it's a new beginning. It's like a time when you cho- chose, you choose to take control of your life. And if you want to end another chapter, you can be the old person or, or the new person. I think it shows evolution from my Def Comedy Jam days to the way I'm at right now, even the way I look. I looked like I smelled good that night. You know, it was just, it's a, you know, you'd be like, he can't, he can't think better. Ain't no way. He's too clean to think of that. That all right there. I know you got something, one of the, one, one of the Muslim fragrances or something. Portrait of a lady or something like that. Cut of a lemon, cut of a lime, tree trunk or something like that. He ain't doing no Drake R. He ain't doing no Dragar. He's not doing that. Not that. He's not Fahrenheit that. Not that. This nigga said, I, this nigga said, I look like I smell good that night. I look like I, I smell good. I did. Ain't nobody going to somebody say, you look good. I said, it look like I smell good. You know, but it's just, it's just, it's just, it's just, for me, it's just a time. And normally, like, I'm, I've, my whole career, I've been like, just shot, quick, quick, quick shot. Yeah. And I said, what happens down there when you take it down a little bit? Just get time, people to think. Even my intro music I used to come out, it was French Montana. Mm-hmm. It was it was Young Yeezy. But I said, let me let this audience, let this resonate. And that song in particular has so many layers to it. It feels yeah. so theatrical. 
Yeah. You know, and I said, let me lay in a pocket of this, and let me start these people from ground zero. What? 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 Um, no, no. Let me ask you real quick. Um, we were just talking in, on our program earlier today. I had an amazing conversation with a, with a, with a brilliant brother from UCLA, a professor there, has a new book out about reparations called Radical Reparations, an amazing book, an amazing conversation. And in that conversation, Donnell, we talked about, got to a conversation about black hopelessness. And I asked, uh-huh. him, I asked him point blank. I said, uh, I said, what is the antidote to black hopelessness? And this Negro said to me without pausing, without any equivocation or hesitation, at all. I said, what is the antidote to black hopelessness? And he said, more Stevie Wonder. Play more Stevie Wonder. So my point is that I didn't see that answer coming, but it was such a brilliant response. And of course, we started playing Stevie Wonder in that conversation. I I, I raised all that because we were just talking about this brilliant artist named Stevie Wonder. Um, And here you come now in this conversation talking about the brilliance of Nina Simone. So when you got got deeper into Nina Simone's corpus, when you got deeper into her body of work, what did you hear? I I just want to give you a chance to do a tribute to Nina Nina Simone. I want I, I heard somebody was was a a, a, a champion for freedom, mm-hmm. uh, a, a person that exposed your pain, a person that's living her truth and dealing with it. You could tell through the music, mm-hmm. you could tell through her music what she was going through relationship wise and everything. But I just felt like a soul that was screaming for people to understand them, but for some reason they don't get it. For some reason they don't get it, and I think that resonated through her, through her music and particularly to. Um, misunderstood mm-hmm. but if you listen to everything about it it made you feel good alabama you know what i'm saying like all all of her music makes and we gravitate toward music it can change your mood you know that's why mm-hmm. when i want to in a good mood i play happy move if i'm going through relationship stuff i play anthony hamilton <laughs> <laughs> wow Wow. <laughs> I, play, I play I play when I'm really going through it, I play Usher, let it burn. I play all of that. When I'm feeling good, I play climax. Yeah. And then when I'm feeling really, really good, I play yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So You're killing me, man. So so music plays a big part, especially in black people. That song resonated. Yeah. That song resonated with me. It, it resonates through the special. And I'm telling you, man, I'm just so excited about people uh, checking this out. I'm so excited about it. Tell me more about, you know, you, you, to your point, you've done this for years and you've done it remarkably well. You've got a huge fan base all across the country, which is why this thing is going to work on Netflix. But what, tell me more about your approach to doing this particular special. Well, this one was something <clears throat> I worked with Dave during the pandemic. We did these shows in the cornfield. So he had a chance, like, and this is where he can have his undivided attention because we're on the road doing other tours. It's like so mm-hmm. many distractions. But because we were in the bubble in the pandemic, we had to get close to each other. So he would see me just destroy the cornfields every night. And um, despite what anybody thinks that I approached Dave, Dave approached me about doing a special. He wanted to do a special. He said, I think it's time. He said, I got an idea of the, the, uh, a series called A Home Team of these people, everybody that he chose to produce, everybody has a minimum of 30 years in the business. Mm-hmm. And these some people that for some reason the industry looked over. I don't make excuses of, of anything because mm-hmm. I know everything is in due time. It's, I would be crazy, be like, yeah, why this person got that? When my time comes, my, my time comes. He handpicked, he, he, he handpicked these guys. We worked in the, the cornfields. He said, I want to do your special. 
And now 2020 was a tough year because everything that I do, every type of work where I had to do a show was dead. So he suggested we do a special, but we had no venue. So we had to wait for the COVID restrictions to kind of ease up. We found a, a venue in North Carolina that was kind of easier than anybody else in the country. We decided we want to shoot the special in North Carolina. That night, um, I was with Ricky Hughes, who's a big-time producer, who helped Dave win these Grammys and his Emmys. Um, legendary uh, goat in film mm-hmm. and television, Stan Lathan. We did this special. Oh, yeah. I ripped it, got a standing off, and I was like, we got it. And then Earthquake had taped his close around the same time. So he, we had already made an announcement that the new series Home Team was coming out in a couple of months. These are the first two to lead it, Donnell and Earthquake. And maybe a week after that announcement, Dave called me and said that he wanted to shoot my special over. And I didn't really understand what that meant because most part, if you tell a comedian that, he thinks that he wasn't that funny. Mm-hmm. Right? He said, mm-hmm. he said, I can put you in front of any room. And don't matter who it is, black, white, young, old, and you'll rip it. He said, but that doesn't make it a great special. So, you know, I could, I had a couple options right then. I could have been like, whatever, you don't know what you're talking about. Or, you know, you got five Grammys, four Emmys, and you just got $80 million back. I'm here to listen. <laughs> I shut my mouth. Yeah. I watch my tone. I fix my face, you know. <laughs> and um, so that we said, we decided we were going to can that. And I was eager to get it out because I think that I was at the best at that point in my life. So we scrapped that one. A year later, we were in um, um, Napa Valley. He was doing some shows, and he documents every show. Yeah. He has Ricky, he was producer. How many cameras did she have with her crew? She said five cameras. He turns to me and says, Donnell, uh, do you want to shoot your special? I'm like, when? He said, tomorrow. I'm like, oh, my God. No time to prep or anything. But that kind of got me excited because I didn't have to worry about guest list. I didn't have to worry about anything but just doing the show and nobody knew what we were doing so the pressure of like trying to prove something to an entire team yeah. that wasn't there yeah went up with that ripped that show another stand ovation a month later he said he wants to shoot the special again i said why he said i didn't like the production i'm like but you're the producer he said donnell look i could do this in post and i could kind of um because we weren't expecting the special mm-hmm. we were just like if we get it we get it he said i could put this out whatever he said if you want to put it out it's just best we could do it I said, I want to put out, he said, but trust me. I'm like, okay, can it again. And another time, uh, maybe like, maybe some months after that, I had already had it in my book to do the New York Comedy Festival. It worked with my schedule, worked with Dave. I said, let's bring the cameras and let's do it. And I think that me listening to him and not taking it personal, you know, respecting like what his experience was and what his experience was or is in his business, I think it got us to a point where we got in that moment, because you always have time to grow and you want to do things differently. Sure. But in that moment, I think I was at the top of my game. I think the reaction from the audience shows that. I think the work we put in trying to do something different on the intro, the outro. Right. I think we got something that I know at least my team considers to be special. Yeah, that is that is, that is an amazing story. I, I, you ask questions, you never know where the answer is going to go. I asked earlier, tell me about Dave Chappelle. Well, he did just tell you about Dave Chappelle. And not just about Dave, he told you about himself. Do you know the, you heard him joke about it, but let me, let me just be serious for a second. Do you know the humility that it takes to have an executive producer, um, your boy who you've known for years, tell you the first one ain't the one, the second one ain't the one, the third one ain't the one. Let's do this one more again. And 
you know, when you're doing it at the level that Donnell is doing it at, and as well as he's doing it, you're ripping it every night. You know, why can't I do this three or four times? But the result is called A New Day, and it premieres tomorrow, February 27th, on Netflix. Um, so that story was not just about Dave Chappelle, but it also tells you about Donnell Rawlings, who I am a huge fan of, and I'm delighted to have him on Tavis Smiley. Hope, agency, dignity. This is Tavis Smiley. Smiley right now. More of Donnell Rawlings right now, who we are pleased to be celebrating in this hour because tomorrow he has his first stand-up special. It's called A New Day on Netflix, produced by his longtime friend Dave Chappelle. I have already seen it. I can assure you, you will be uh, laughing your behind off uh, when you see A New Day premiering tomorrow, the 27th on um, on, 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 on Netflix. Uh, um, Donnell, uh, um, you mentioned earlier yeah. a couple of times, I want to come back, I'm just watching my time, it's getting away from me. I want to come back to uh, Def Comedy Jam, because many of us remember you, of course, from, yeah. from back in the day. Draw a line for me uh, anywhere you want. Just take, just give me the, the line as you see it. Um, situate your being on Def Comedy Jam back in the day, and then tomorrow night on Netflix today. I, when I did Def Comedy Jam, people got to keep in mind, I was only doing comedy for six months. Wow. I was green. I didn't have no stage presence. I was just a lucky young comic that had a couple of bits that Bob Sumner liked, and he put me on the show. I don't think I was, when I look at it in retrospect, at the time I wasn't uh, prepared. I had nothing, I knew nothing about the bright lights. Mm -hmm. That was probably the first production I did where it's like, and it's light. I've been in seedy bars and bowling alleys and stuff where I feel comfortable. But I remember my set. Everybody that did those shows, they were um, they would say something that was explosive, that was a call, was a catchphrase, and everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't have that set. And I remember my friend Chris Thomas. He said that set was incredible. I was like, ah, I wasn't standing up. Everybody's been standing up. That was the the the, 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 the gauge of how good you were. Mm -hmm. He said, Daniel. He said you had the type of set that people at home are going to watch and they're going to remember it forever. You know, it was character-driven. It was talking about this fat kid that took my bike when I was younger. I trusted him to come back. He never came back. He never came back. He said, I'd be right back. I was outside for dead. It was 24 hours waiting for a set to come back. Right? It was one of those type of sets. Yeah. And then the, I think the, the evolution of my stand-up, because it's going to have to happen, it has to happen with experience. But now my storytelling is there. My composure oh, yeah. is there. Yeah. I'm not rushing it. I feel, I feel very comfortable on that set yeah. and it resonates like we had people that was in the audience oh my god the gift, the gift, the gift. I'm on the phone with Tavis right there I'm sorry <laughs> so hey, what was I say I said I said, they, they threw me off. One of my friends that threw me off just now. That's okay. What was the last point? No, I hold on. As a matter of fact, I got to do this anyway. Uh, you holler at your friend, and when we come forward, I'm only going to have three minutes left anyway. So holler at your friend for the next couple of minutes. And when, that's why I love live radio. When we come back after Donnell has hollered with his, his friend, we'll wrap this conversation uh, with Donnell Rawlings on Tavis Smiley. What's your quarrel with the world? You're listening to Tavis Smiley. He's rooting for everybody black. Everybody black. black. More of Tavis Smiley coming your way right now. Right now. Right now. All right, Donnell Rollins, I'm going to let you go holler at your boy. And if, if, your, if your boy is a boy that I know, tell him I said what's up, whoever it is. Just tell him I said hello. Uh, that no, was my good friend. Okay. okay, okay. It's cool. It's cool. I got a couple minutes left, and I'm going to give it to you to let you promote your special tomorrow night on Netflix, A New Day, as only you can. Take it away, Donnell. 
If you love me on Ricky Lake, if you love me on HBO's The Corner that won three Emmys, if you love me on uh, The Wire that was a spinoff, if you love me in 20s on, BMF, on, on BET, if you love me in BMF, if your kids fell in love with me as Des the Barber on Pixar's Oscar-winning movie, uh, so if you love me on The Chappelle Show, if you love me for 30 years of being one of the hardest working comics in the business, February 27th, it's a new day. It's a new dawn. It's a new life for me. And I'm feeling That's how you promote a special on Netflix tomorrow, February 27th. Donna Rawlings, man, I'm so proud of you. I, and I don't, I don't, I don't, I hope this comes across in the way that I, that I mean it genuinely. I am so delighted to see this for you. Um, uh, Dave made a great decision by uh, uh, asking you to do the special. And I know it took three or four times to get it to where it is, but it is an amazing piece of work. Some of the best stuff I've ever seen you do. And I love you. I appreciate you. I'm celebrating you. It's going to be a big hit, man. I want to take this time to celebrate you is that you one of the one of the biggest names in radio. You bust doors down and were unconventional. You never waver from who you are, how you speak to people. And me having this interview with with you right now, realize why you're in a position to have a career as long as you have. And the reason why you're one of the best in the business, bro. I appreciate you. You were kind, man. Congrats on the special. We'll all be watching. Donnell Rawlings tomorrow, a new day, February 27th on Netflix. Who else can I close with today? Uh, you heard the show today. Um, I asked that question earlier. What is the antidote to black hopelessness? And the answer was more Stevie Wonder. So that's how we close. Thanks for tuning in. Until tomorrow.